Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Encouraging the Encouragers podcast. This is Mitch Matthews. I'm so honored and excited that you're here. This podcast is specifically designed for you, the coach, the speaker, the content creator who is working hard to help your clients, your audiences, and the world to thrive. That's right. You are an encourager. You are encouraging the world and you deserve a great place to be encouraged too. That's what I want for you. And that's what this show is all about. Real stories, real strategies delivered in real time daily. That's right. I'm excited. I'm glad you're here. So let's get to today's episode. Hey, hey, Encourager, welcome to a Spiritual Sunday episode of Encouraging the Encouragers. This is Mitch Matthews. So glad you are listening in. If you are new to the podcast, just know that on Sundays, we uh, give ourselves a little permission to go and talk about spiritual stuff. And for me, I'm a Jesus guy. Uh, Love the Bible, love God, love Jesus. Uh, So that's my jam. Uh, love talking about it, love teaching about it, love living it, uh, all of those things. Now, if that's your jam, awesome. Stick around. Uh, you are welcome. If that's not your jam and you're not curious, that's totally cool. Just scroll on to one of the other umpteen episodes, umpteen hundred plus episodes that we've got. Uh, no harm, no foul. But uh, I just want to encourage you to stick around if you are at all curious, because we are going to be talking about an interesting subject today. And that is, Jesus was not cheap. Jesus was not cheap. (laughs) How about that? Um, So there's a number of different stories about Jesus, obviously, in the Bible. Um, And I think a number of them point to that Jesus was pro-workplace, right? He approached fishermen. He actually helped Fisherman. A lot of his miracles actually happened in the marketplace. One of my favorite examples of this is in Luke 2. Now, you may, when you think about this particular story, or excuse me, John 2, uh, the book of John, chapter 2, um, when you hear about this miracle, you may not think of it as a marketplace miracle, but it absolutely was. Now, uh, many would say that this was his first public, this was Jesus' first public miracle. And that was when uh, Jesus was at a wedding, family, friends, and the family ran out of wine, which would have been a huge embarrassment. Huge. Big problem. Right? Uh, and I love this story because Jesus' mom, Mary, went to Jesus and said, help them. Right? <laughs> help them, Jesus. Which means He probably had done something similar at home at least once, if not many times, right? (laughs) I was actually teaching on this point this week and kind of made uh, the joke a little bit that, you know, do you ever think that Jesus was like drinking Pepsi? He's like, mom, we just have Pepsi. And then like, he was like, and you just switched it to Coke or Diet Coke. (laughs) I know totally out of context because that's not what they drank at all. But you know what I'm talking about? Like as a kid, you think you just and, and switched it up. I don't know. But Mary must have known he could switch, right? Because she was very confident. And she went to Jesus and said, help them, help the family friends here, right? And and Jesus resisted at first. It's like, it's not my time, mom. It's not my time. But she stayed with it. Please help them. And then just said, do whatever he said. 
And so Jesus, out of the kindness of his heart, out of his generosity, the Bible says that he went and he had them fill six uh, stone water jars, which were there for purification. It's a, it was a very important thing to have water around for purification. Uh, all sorts of different kind of rituals around that. And uh, so he had them fill six stone jars full to the brim with water. And then we're not sure exactly how he did it, but basically he then turned that water, all of that water into wine. Now, what I love about the story is it's very specific, very detailed. Like John walks us through step by step and really points to some really important things. One of which is, is that when Jesus turned the water into wine, he then said, you know, don't just start handing it out. Take it to the master of ceremonies, which it would have been that kind of like black belt level party planner. Like the master of ceremonies would have been orchestrating everything, right? It would have basically been a professional party planner, very experienced person at hosting these things, running these kinds of things, all of that. Jesus said, don't, don't serve this wine. Take it to that host and have them taste it. And so they did. They, they took it to the host. And the host stopped the party and said, stop, stop, stop. And he makes a proclamation. He basically says, you know, most people serve their best wine first. And then, I mean, it's right there in the book of John. He basically says, most people serve the best wine at first so that, you know, then once everybody's kind of drunk uh, (laughs) and they don't care as much, then they bring a lower quality wine. But he said, in this case, you have waited to serve the very best. In fact, he gets specific in some of the, translations it says this is the very best wine i've ever tasted which is a person you know he's been to a lot of parties he's drank a lot of wine for him to say that he has a trained palate right so for him to say this is the best wine i've ever had that's that's a very educated wine connoisseur who says that and then he honors the family like thank you so much for being so generous right and i can only imagine how grateful this family was that not only did Jesus help them avoid being wildly embarrassed, he also brought the best of the best. Now, what I love about this is uh, historians have done some math and then economists jumped in on that math. But get this, those six stone water jars, that they basically would have been designed in a specific way and they would have held, each one would have held at least 20 uh, and up to 30 gallons of water each. Which if you do the math on that real quick, we're talking about 120 to 180 gallons of water in these stone jars. And Jesus turned all of that into the very best wine a wine connoisseur had ever tasted. Now, if you do the math, like let's go one step further, If you do the math, that 120 to 180 gallons of wine, that's a thousand plus bottles of wine. Now, it's funny because economists, you know, they've tried to put a price tag to that. And I don't know that we need to for this episode, for this conversation. But think about what would a thousand bottles of the very best wine you've ever tasted be worth? Right? 
What I love about that, that it says a lot. It says a lot about Jesus' generosity. It says a lot about Jesus' creativity, right? It says a lot about Jesus' love for us and his ability to pull off miracles. But I do think that it also reinforces the fact that Jesus was not cheap, right? He could have, he could have phoned it in, could have put in kind of some, some boxed wine quality, right? Maybe some lower end, uh, uh, you know, quality wine, um, but nope, he did it. When he stepped in, he created the best wine, a wine expert had ever tasted. I love that. And I do, I think that it speaks to the generosity of Jesus, but I think it also speaks to his heart for us, that he is not limited. He is abundantly creative. He has answers for us. He has guidance for us and he loves you. And he wants to work in your life in similar ways. We've had some cool, cool, cool things like some just amazing miracles of breakthrough, even in the marketplace, even especially in the marketplace, um, because God was at work. But I think this story, I just as I thought about it, I'm like, that just stood out to me. Jesus is not cheap. So I'm just going to pray for you real quick. Lord, I just thank you for this encourager that's listening, that's that's with us in this episode. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak to them today. Help them to feel your peace, your power, your generosity, your abundance today. You are not limited by anything. Help them to feel that today, to be guided by you, to know that you are with them. Help them to just, yeah, feel your presence, feel your power, feel your provision wherever it's needed. Help them to know most of all that they are loved by you. We thank you for these things and we pray them all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, encourager. Hope that encourages you, gives you something to think about. All right. Know that I'm rooting for you. I believe in you. I'm grateful for you. And I'm glad we're on this journey together. Stay encouraged, my friend, and we'll talk soon. All right, my friend, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I, I got to say, I am so wildly honored and blessed that you keep coming back for each episode. Plus, thank you so much for sharing the show with your friends and fellow encouragers. Seriously, we are reaching encouragers around the world thanks to your help. Plus, every time you guys share it on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, it just does my heart so much good and it encourages me deeply. So thank you so much for that. And hey, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and so that we can keep getting you the stories and strategies that you need. I got to tell you, I love doing it and I truly hope that it keeps you encouraged. Speaking of that, one last thing, uh, one of the best ways that you can help me and the whole team here at Matthews Training International is leaving a podcast review. So if you have a second, just scroll down, punch those stars and leave a sentence or two. I read every one of those reviews and everyone encourages me. So thank you so much. You guys are really helping the show to grow and I couldn't be more grateful for that. Thanks so much for being here. And most importantly, thank you for what you do in the world. You are making the world a better place. Let's keep you encouraged and we'll talk tomorrow.